Father Lord, we come before you this evening. I come before you this evening to request that Lord God Almighty, you will revive us, you will strengthen us after a long day that we shall be able, Lord God Almighty, to hear what you have set apart for us to hear today. And that Lord God Almighty, even in the, with this fatigue and this tiredness, we will still be able to pick up nuggets of what you want us to learn and to be able to apply it in our lives for the glory of your name. Just said be your holy name. Thank you, Lord, that when we were baptized, we were warned, we were informed that we are going to go out to fight the world, the devil, and the flesh. And that, Lord God Almighty, we committed ourselves to that battle. Now, Lord God, my Father, the battle and the war rages. And here we are, Lord God Almighty, going through the test of our commitment that, Lord God Almighty, in everything we do, we shall indeed stand for Christ, even to the laying down of our lives. Blessed be your holy name, Lord God Almighty, because on our own we can do nothing. But by the power of your Holy Spirit, you spur us on with your zeal to carry out spiritual warfare for the glory of your name. And that in every place we go, there will be no survivors in any battle. That victory will be achieved, Lord God Almighty, not by us, but under the banner of Christ. Blessed be your holy name. And so, Holy Spirit, we're asking you, come speak to us. Give us understanding, Lord God Almighty, concerning this matter for Holy Spirit, you are the custodian of all knowledge. Blessed be your holy name. We worship you, we exalt you, and we lift you up. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. I want to thank you, everybody, for coming on this call. Personally, I want to thank the Holy Spirit. I want to thank the church for giving me the opportunity to share on this topic. This is not an easy topic. It was an opportunity for me to learn some things. And I know that even after this, I will have just touched the tip of a iceberg, but the Holy Spirit has the wholesome knowledge. And so if where you have questions, please ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding, even as we share this word. Thank you very much, Charles, for reading to us this portion of scripture. Now our topic of sharing this evening is victory by divine intelligence. What is divine intelligence? Divine intelligence is the timely acquisition of spiritual and geographical information required for use with precision. The knowledge of enemy targets. Now, in the natural, we look at intelligence being essential. Many governments have intelligence services. Uganda has ESO, ESO, SFC, uh, CMI, and everything else in between, police. All of these are, are viewed as essential. Now, analysts declare that to be able to hit an enemy carefully, you need all sorts of uh, gadgets and human manpower. You need spies, you need operatives to gather information on the field. Sometimes with great personal risk, you need drones, you need all kinds of uh, new technology, including artificial intelligence, 
to be in that place, to be able to gather information because the enemy is constantly changing, evolving and devising new schemes with which to attack a nation, an individual, a family. And so all these things are put in place. You have cameras in people's homes. You have cameras in office tracking what is happening. All of this because of our warfare that is happening. And so for us, what is spiritual warfare right now? From the Christian perspective, it is the war of good against evil. These are battles that are fought daily under two camps, the camp of God and Satan, between the Christian church and the world system ruled by the spiritual enemies and within every child of God fighting against the carnal flesh between the Holy Spirit and the lusts of the flesh. And these battles and this war is continuous. Actually, it is a war. It's continuous with many battles, many battlefronts from, with different kinds of attacks. You may have a, a battlefront as a nation, as a church, as a tribe, as a clan, as a family, as an individual, as an agency, as an office, different, as a community, different fronts. It will come through. can come from within us, the flesh, the world, and the devil. Paul puts it out for us in Ephesians chapter 6, 12. says, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so we need to know all of this. And so we will, some things to note about spiritual warfare, about, about battles. One of the things we need to know as Christians from the beginning is to know what is the intention of our commander. What is the intention of God? What is the intention of Christ? What is the intention of the Lord, of, the man of war? What is his intention? Our king gives us marching orders. The operations are meant for us to be able to fulfill the great commission. And that is his intention. Our free will gives us latitude, but being a soldier in the battle demands discretion, sound judgment, as well as initiative that is aligned with the commander's intention, the will of God. He has said to us, Christ said to us, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what do we do when we get into battle? As teams, for example, whether it is at church, during the deliverance hour, whether it is uh, during the prayer conference, whether it is at, at the home cell, whether it is a deliverance session, whether it is personal prayer, uh, in everything that we are doing and fasting, what do we, how do we handle this? We have to employ our teams according to the capabilities within the commander's intention. 
That is, we have different gifts. We know our gifts. We know our strengths. We know our weaknesses. Know our teams. If we are going to get into uh, uh, spiritual warfare, it is very important for us to know our capabilities and who employs us and our identity so that we don't become like the sons of Skiva who were beaten up by one man and all their clothes were torn. Why? Because they did not know who they were and they were under the wrong command, the command of themselves. It's important for us to know, have we been trained? Are our teams trained? Are they rested? Are they fed? Are they properly equipped? Mm -hmm. Are they focused on the mission? And so when you look at uh, the Deuteronomy 20, it talks about the laws for war. Who should go to war? Who should refrain? Those who have just married, those who have just built a house, those who are afraid. Why? Because we do not want casualties in the place of war. And so this also applies with spiritual warfare. It needs faith to get into that space. And so it is important for us to be able to know who we are. We have to know what capacities we have, who are our big guns, and even the small guns, because I'm telling you sometimes the small gun is just that switch that you need to turn the entire battle around. When David was pursuing, uh, uh, after he had been hit at Ziklag, he and his men had been hit at Ziklag, as he was pursuing to overtake and recover all, the Lord put an Egyptian, a stray man in his path. That was the switch to show him how to get into the place and to recover all. We also need to stay alert. We need to be able to have a wide, a bird's and eagle's view of our battlefield, not a tunnel vision. We need to fight on the ground that we choose, not the ground appointed by the enemy. So we choose, we prepare, we attack according to the strategy that is given. You can see that the people, the way the people of I were prepared. In the beginning, they knew Israel was hit. The first time they hit Israel, and they knew these fools, they will never be able to get at us again. But here we see God releasing precision and information and showing, showing Joshua where to stand behind the city, not the way they came the first time, because the enemy also knew that Joshua would come from the front. So it's got to be on the ground that we choose and we have to keep moving. We have to continue ma maintaining a communication with the commander. Pray, pray, pray. These are some of the things we need to know. We have to maintain prayer with the commander. And also to understand that the war does not cease. That there is no ceasefire in this battle that we are getting into. So you can see from the life of Joshua, Right from taking the, the, the promised land, there was no ceasefire until everybody had come to their place of their place of inheritance. So whatever we do from life's first breath to final cry, we are to war, but under the banner of Christ. Remember that sometimes you may think that you are not at war, 
but the enemy is always watching for an opportunity to attack you. The purpose is to distract you from your main effort and for what God has called you through. And so sometimes what happens, you get an attack from family, your local church, your community, harassment of your supplies in different ways. And so all these things we have to be prepared for. We have to remember that we fight as a team. And finally, we must remember that we cannot destroy the enemy because there is eternal fire prepared for them. But we can destroy the works of the enemy. We can disarm him in some areas. We can render him powerless. But the final destruction is for the Lord. So what does divine intelligence do for us? Divine intelligence reveals the enemy's strategy. The enemy's strategy is to break our intimacy with God. And that's what happened when Achan, in chapter 7 of Joshua, took the, the accursed things. He took the accursed things because the enemy wanted to make sure that Israel is diverted and that uh, their intimacy with God is lost. We'll now look at the story of of Joshua as we have been as has been read to us in many ways we look at Joshua Joshua in this particular chapter 8 had to prepare himself before he could come into battle preparation was done in chapter 7 how did he prepare himself what did he do Joshua and the elders of Israel went before God in repentance. In regard to the issue of Achan, they did not know what it was, but divine intelligence was the one that was going to reveal to them their defeat. So when we go into the back, go, we, read, we go to the chapter, of, uh, chapter 7 of uh, Joshua, we see that Joshua and the elders had to go before God. The, what they needed information, they needed to know where what had gone wrong in the first place. And so they went before God, presented themselves before God, bowed down before God, humbled themselves and brought repentance. Asking God what it was that had happened. And so what happens here is engaging in corporate prayer. They engage in corporate prayer, seeking God's guidance and protection in, spiritual, in this spiritual battle. And so we look at divine intelligence, very critical in finding out and evaluating where we have stood, where we have gone wrong, what has worked. Divine intelligence becomes very important. We also look at the word of God. We look at fasting abstaining from food and other pleasures, seeking God's face. The purpose is to increase our sensitivity, our spiritual sensitivity. And this is what happened with Joshua and the elders. As they increased their spiritual sensitivity through prayer and fasting, they were able to touch the heart of God and touch God's mercy. God's mercy revealed to them what had happened. And with that knowledge, they now were prepared, given the opportunity to put things right. You cannot go into battle 
when you are not prepared. You cannot go into battle with accusation. You cannot go with, into battle with confusion. Your enemy, you, the enemy will have an upper hand over you. And so with all this, with all the restoration, the word of God comes through. The word of God came to Joshua. The word of God provided the divine intelligence with which to deal with I this time around, decisively, with precision, without any counterattacks, without any opportunity for, for defeat. And so what happens? God gives guidance how to lay an ambush behind the city. The signal to the men by raising the spear. Now this spear was raised also similarly the way Moses raised his staff over the Red Sea. And the children of Israel were able to go through. And after they have gone through, the enemy went into the Red Sea and they were drowned. So God uses even familiar, other fa it brings to remembrance, the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance those things that have worked before that we can also apply. Now, we also see here that we must align our thoughts with God's thoughts. And this battle required every alignment with God's thought, God's thoughts. The way God has had laid the strategy is exactly how Israel, how Joshua and Israel attacked I. And so even for us, without spiritual intelligence, we will not be able to walk into a battlefield with precision. And so in this particular place, there is not just the need for divine intelligence, we need obedience. We need obedience. And as we need, we walk in obedience, we are able to achieve victory. When we look at the other thing that the Lord does for Israel is he tells, he gives a promise. He gives a promise to, jo to Joshua. He says, I have handed over I, the king, the people, the land to you. And when we look at what God, God does here, you actually see that everything is dealt with. When we go for spiritual warfare, we see that we are supposed to disarm the throne of power. And in this case, the king, the throne was, give, was given to Joshua for demolition. He was given the people also for demolition. He was given the land to deal with and to remove every territorial spirit in the land. Whatever spirits, the idols, the witchcraft, the sorcery in the land. And so this warfare gives us the insight of what Paul tells us, that we do not just war against flesh and blood, but with spiritual forces in the different places. Now, in this case, for the case of I, the people of I did not have a covenant with Joshua, neither did they have a covenant with God. The way Rahab, the, the prostitute, had a covenant with the spies. And as far as Deuteronomy 20 is concerned, these people are not covered 
in the dispensations of mercy that appear in Deuteronomy 20. They are for destruction, so that nothing will come out of I to pollute the children of Israel. So when we look at what is going on in this place, it gives us an understanding that there is a, possible, a possibility of a counterattack from the enemy. The way there was a counterattack through the action of Akkad, that Israel was defeated because of having uh, the defiled things or the set apart things. So in this case, everything had to be destroyed. Everything. The same way Akan was destroyed with all his family, with all, all the things he had stolen, with all his animals, everything, and a heap and a memorial put upon, uh, a stone put upon him to show that this is what happened, so that no one would ever forget what happened to Akan. The same thing happened to, to I. Demolition, total destruction, consuming fire came into that place and destroyed I. However, in this case, God of mercy, he reflected on what happened in I and said, I will not allow these people to sin or fall into the temptation of Achan. And in this case, what does the Lord do? He instructs Joshua concerning the loot. He says, Concern, destroy all people, destroy the city, but you may take the animals for the people. And so God knows our weaknesses, even in the battlefield. He knows how best to handle, to handle each of us when we go in. And so it is important for us to remain in a place of prayer, to be able to walk in, in, in obedience concerning the commandments of God to obey his will. Now, we will also look at divine intelligence gives us the strength to remain focused and not to compromise. Uh, first Peter, Peter tells us that resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. Actively resisting the devil and his schemes, we must cause him to flee from us. And so what does Joshua do? Joshua did not draw back his hand. He did not draw back the sword until the demolition he was supposed to bring upon I was put in place. Now, there are times when we can go into the battlefield and we start thinking, uh, beginning to operate in compromise. We say mercy, maybe we should be merciful to this one. In this case, there is a need for emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence says you do not use your emotions to fulfill wickedness. You use it to fulfill the command of God. And so for Joshua, he was in control. You can imagine you are in the battlefield, you are dealing with women, you are dealing with children, you are and everything is crying, asking for mercy. And the Lord says, no, there will be no survivors. So you look as you look through the eyes of God, you have self-control and you demolish because this is a war. When Saul had mercy on the king of Agag, what happens? 
he delayed the work of God. It took Esther and Mordecai so many years later to deal with Haman. And so when the Lord says, we must go into battle, there will be no survivors. We must make sure that there is no survivor. Otherwise, it comes back to us. And so it is very important for us to have self-control. Mm? When we don't have self-control, we are broken down and we, are, we become a, a, a weak link for the enemy to thrive. If we do not have self-control, that is aligned with the command of God. And so we must walk in submission. Divine intelligence, the reassurance from God gives us the courage to remain in submission, gives us the courage to undertake those assignments that would otherwise seem very difficult. When we look at divine intelligence provides for us spiritual discernment. We are able to develop the ability to recognize and resist demonic influence and deception. So for us, it is very important to look at divine intelligence for victory. The presence of God, the presence of God, the presence of God. God reassured Joshua that he would be with him. He had already handed over the city to Joshua, the city of I to Joshua. Now, when we have the presence of God with us, we are under the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91. We are under divine protection. When we are under the divine protection, the Lord himself clothes us with his armor. And so we carry with us the helmet of salvation, which talks about submission, surrendering to God. The breastplate of righteousness, which is not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. The shield of faith generated through all the testimonies of previous warfares and the promises of God, the faithfulness of God, the sword of the spirit, which separates to bone and marrow, spirit and soul, bringing discernment in every way for us to do warfare, the belt of truth, which is our rear guard. We are protected, we are surrounded. That truth, he tells us, the truth will set us free, the truth will deliver us. And so the breast, the, the belt of truth becomes our rear guard, the truth of God, that we have no accusation against us. We have the fit shot with the gospel of peace, Peace for those that will accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, but woe to the forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then with Psalms, constantly in prayer and in Psalms, you cannot be in the presence of God and you're not worshiping. You cannot be in the presence of God and you are not praying. You, are not, you cannot be, be in the presence of God and you are giving praises for every foot of the battle that you are taking, the territories that you are taking. Each time you move forward, you are seeing how divine intelligence is helping you to overcome and you have a testimony and then the word of God tells us they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word 
of their testimony. One of the things we also see here, that this divine intelligence, when it was shared with everyone, because what Joshua did, Joshua actually had to cascade this information to all his forces. He had to, to cascade the information, whatever he was receiving from God, he would share with the, with, with, with the soldiers, he would share with the elders, and the knowledge was with the people. Okay? And so this built unity. There was transparency around them. There was unity of purpose. It built a strong relationship and partnerships. And this is what builds partnerships in the body of Christ. When you see the, prof the, the, the prayer conference that is coming in March, we have a number of speakers lined up. That is partnership. That is unity in the body of Christ. So throughout, you see, we're in the preparation, execution, and the post-war spoils. There was obedience by everybody in that camp. There was obedience that brought these people to the place of victory because they were united. Whether it was prayer, they were united. Whether it was following the instructions, Everybody knew their position. Am I part of ambush? Am I part of clearing? Am I part of attack? Am I the one burning? What is my role? Am I the one collecting the loot? You see? And all these things, there was precision. And so divine, divine intelligence becomes very critical for warfare. And so all this was done in submission to God. Submission remains submission. There was no jostling in the ranks. There was no disagreements. In everything, there was a unity of purpose. Divine intelligence brings this. And so finally, looking at it, you see that scriptures reveal the ongoing conflict between the forces of good and evil. It transcends the boundaries of the physical realm. So everything, the battle for Joshua was won in the heavens, was won in the spirit before it was won in the spirit, spiritual. We look at Jesus, how he dealt with the spiritual world spiritually, but was very specific with every, with every situation. Was it a death that he needed to bring someone back to life? Was it an illness? Was it hunger? Hmm? Was, was, was it forgiveness? Was it restoration? You look at Mary Magdalene. You look at Zacchaeus. All of this, Jesus is fighting. He's taking back one person at a time. And he calls us also to take one person at a time. Seeking God's heart about the matter, the way David sought God's heart, do I pursue, overtake and recover all. Being focused, not diverted in any way. David also was focused. He was not diverted by the people who wanted to beat him up because of the disappointment that they face. And then above all, we must remain knowing that in our life as Christians, we are not attacking the person. We are dealing with the spirit behind the person. And this is what we saw when Paul was dealing with this possessed girl who kept on saying, oh, servants of the most high God. And yet she was speaking from the anointing of wickedness. And the, Paul was able to deliver that girl. And when she was delivered from oppression, uh, she was also able 
to be a free being. We see how uh, Jesus delivered Mary Magdalene and all these other people around him. Hmm? Spiritual intelligence we also see in the life of Paul. When 40 men decided to fast and for the death of Paul, but because of the divine intelligence that comes with the different teams that we have around us, people we have mentored, Paul's nephew was able to be used of God to speak to the commander of the army and to have Paul delivered away from the place where the men wanted to destroy him. And so we need to also have reliable teams in place, listening to the voice of God, listening to the voice of God, listening to the voice of God. Second Peter chapter 2 and verses 15 and 16 says, the Israelites went astray by following the way of Balaam, son of Beor. Let us stop following the wrong voice. Let us listen to the voice of God. When we listen to the voice of God, we receive the receive spiritual intelligence. One of the things we must know is no battle is the same and the enemy keeps on evolving. The faster, the faster approach to I, I got in intelligence about Israel and, and was now ready to attack Israel again based on Israel's past failures. But I want us to go back to the current war that is happening in, in Gaza. In Gaza, there is a man uh, in, in among the forces of of the, I, uh, the Israeli Defense Force, IDF, there is a commander called David Gold. And David Gold has been very instrumental in, in developing different weapons which take out missiles and have created a shield over Israel. Now, whenever the enemy forces come out, uh, whatever is sent out in the air is just picked each of them is picked out of the air. And you begin to wonder, where did David Gold get this, this information? He gets this information by spending time in prayer, by spending time reading the word of God, by spending time in the presence of God. And God shows his faithfulness to everybody. So whereas that happened at the time of, at time of Joshua, even today, it's happening in Israel. And then if we recall, even in Uganda, the level of prayer that was put regarding the Konyu war, it took divine intelligence and intervention to rid northern Uganda of the, of the atrocities of Konyu and the powers and the wickedness and the spiritual forces in the heavenly places that had established themselves over northern Uganda. And so we go back to looking at this. How do we apply this in our personal lives? As I was reading through some of this content, I suddenly saw the places where sometimes we fail to come into a place of excellence in spiritual warfare. When we break our intimacy with God, when we lose our passion in dealing with God, in dealing with the things of God, when our image, our vision is distorted concerning the targets you are supposed to deal, deal with, all of these have rendered us ineffective. And sometimes we have been discouraged 
when we have been attacked by other people, the way Paul was attacked, and when your ministry is put down, when it is challenged, you become, you, you lose vision, uh, you begin to lose relevance, all those kind of things. And we, it hinders the multiplication that God so wants us to do. The other area of attack is our families. Mm? When we are attacked in our family, whether by health, whether by finances, sometimes we withdraw and yet we, and we lose focus. And yet we need to know that when we said we have received salvation, when we said we are going to serve Jesus at against all odds, the time has come for the odds to play in our lives. And so we must remember that decrees the commitments we made, knowing through that we are going through testing. And so whatever happens in our families, we must always know our priorities, reorder, how do you protect the family? And yet at the same time, you should be able to do the work of God. Let us come before God and ask the Lord that in every way, that spiritual intelligence, divine intelligence will be our portion. That every time our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, our spiritual antennas will be alert to what the enemy is doing in our families, in our communities, in the workplace, in the nation, in the church. Because the church is the voice of God, the prophetic voice in the nation. And so let's ask God to enable us as individuals, as fellowships, as families, as a nation to be plugged in to divine intelligence. There is a challenge though, that sometimes intelligence comes to us and we act on partial information. Now the intelligence that the men got when Joshua sent them out to scout I was that they were supposed, they, they came back with a report saying, you need only 2,000 or 3,000 men to come in to deal with I. But they did not get the other portion that you can only succeed when you have been put right with God. And so we need to ask God to give us a full view of the divine intelligence so that we are not working on, on partial information. May the Lord really help us to be able to be prepared, to be positioned, to be ready to apply divine intelligence when it comes to us so that in everything we will know and we shall actually be the people who are decreed and declared to be more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Everything by the power of the Holy Spirit, everything with Christ at the center. God bless you. Back to you, Charles. Uh, amen. Thank you very much, Carlos. We thank the Lord for using you so mightily, for your message was so elaborately shared, and we give glory to him. Uh, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, highlight a few issues you, you shared with us, and I pray into them before I, bring, I, I, I hand over to the reverend. I'll use a uh, a few minutes because I'm seeing a time is fast paint, but uh, uh, some notable key issues here. Uh, Carol shared about as soldiers, 
of the world hit the commanders for 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 hit the commanders orders for action and uh, we also as peace or soldiers of the heavenly army of the army of god of the, uh, the uh, army of the heavenly god we need also to listen to be attentive and listen to the instructions of our commander our heavenly god our god the almighty who is our commander so if we learned from the soldiers here on, on earth would be so effective and also the way soldiers are organized in teams for them they're in platoons they're in squads companies if also us would also learn to organize ourselves in our teams let's say as intercessors in our various groups as uh, in different ministries we learn to organize ourselves in prayer and counter the enemies that we face the common enemy we face would also be very effective so i think let's, let's pray into those two things two issues as i bring other points key points Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for revelation, Lord Father, that you've shown us through your servant. Father, we pray that indeed, as soldiers of the world organize themselves to fight earthly battles, Father, may give us insight. Give us, Lord Father, the grace to organize ourselves, O Lord Father, in our various groups as intercessors, as indeed, O Lord Father, worship teams, as indeed, O Lord Father, in women fellowship, O Lord Father, in mother's union, in father's union, in various ministries, O Lord Father, to which we belong, so that indeed we learn to get together, to learn to get together in prayer and counter our enemy, our, our common enemy. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and honor you. We also saw, uh, he, she also uh, commented on the need that we need to stay alert. We need to stay alert and choose the grounds on which to fight. We shouldn't let the enemy take us to his ground. So we need to, to be led by the Spirit of God. We saw, we saw how she brought us, how uh, uh, God led the enemies to fight. So we need to take the enemies on our terms. So that needs divine, we need to, to remain in the presence of God. We need to remain, she also noted as a command, as a as, as, uh, Communication is also important in, in, in the war here on earth, even as we need to be in, in contact, in close contact with our God, our Heavenly Father, through prayer, so that indeed we stay alert. And he, that's how he can guide us onto grounds, onto to fight these battles on our own terms, not to fight on the terms of the enemy. So I think we should always fight for the discernment, let's fight. For the grace to remain in the presence of God, to, the, for the grace to remain in the presence of God, for the grace to remain in prayer. So, uh, brethren, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We continue to bring your Lord Father. We continue to call upon your Lord Father to give us the grace to remain in your presence. Give us, Lord Father, grace not to grow weary, but to remain seeking you, to remain seeking in our teams, in our various teams, not to get tired, Lord Father, of prayer, not to get tired, Lord Father, of your programs, to always seek in all times. Father, whenever you're called upon to serve, Father, may you always respond. Whenever you're called upon for fellowship, for overnights, for prayer conventions, for any program of the church, Lord Father, Father, may you always, Lord Father, yes, respond indeed, Lord Father, positively, for we know that when we remain in your presence, Father, also pray that indeed may you indeed give us the grace, give us the grace, Lord Father, to remain active, Lord Father, and raise our altars in our homes to find, spend enough time, Lord Father, with you. Yes, our times alone with you, Lord Father, in quiet time, in our Bible study. Father, for that is the only way, Lord Father, that we shall remain in closeness with you. We shall hear from you. We will guide us indeed. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and honor. 
Uh, she also shared about uh, uh, how, in, uh, how divine intelligence helps us. Number one, she said that it helps us to reveal it reveals the enemy's strategies. The way we saw in, 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 in the word of God, it also prepares us. It, it helps us, divine intelligence helps us in preparation. For we saw how, how Joshua prepared the children of Israel prior, prior to, 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 to engaging in that battle. We saw how they, how they went into repentance, they, did, they, they prayed, they fasted. It was all through divine intelligence. It, uh, divine intelligence can also help us to align ourselves with the thoughts of God. So I think let's bundle all these things in prayer before I hand over to, to, to the Reverend. Heavenly Father, we pray that indeed, as you should reveal to us the importance of divine intelligence, O oh Lord. For it reveals to us all the strategies of the enemies. For indeed, O oh Lord, Father, it helps us prepare. For indeed, when we come to learn all the schemes of the enemies against us, Father, we get in a better position to organize ourselves. When we come to learn the patterns of the enemy, we know how better to, inter- to, to, to counter-attack, oh Lord, Father. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and honor and continue to magnify your name. Lord, is, oh Lord, Father, pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.